0: Hello, Luis and Robin.
1: Hi, how are you?
0: How are you doing? Good, you? Good, you guys look great.
1: You too. Can you see us fine there?
0: (laughs) Yes, you can see. Okay, great. Yes. Okay, well, thank you for taking the time to Skype with us. We look forward to hearing what's going on in your lives and a little bit for the ladies at Mindset to get to know you a little bit better and see what's going on. Thank you. Great. Okay, so um, this is for both of you. We're going to start. Can you please share with us um, how each of you came to know the Lord? <laughs> well, I grew
2: up in a Christian home. Um, my parents actually went to Grace, or at Grace Green Church. They went to Grace Community Church, and um, I think that I was probably saved around my last year of high school when I really began to have a began having a desire to read the Bible and, and started really hating my sin. And the Lord was very gracious to allow me to go to the Master's College. Um, I think that having grown up in a Christian home, it was always a concern of seeing if I really hated my sin and wanted to love the Lord. And I think that as time goes by you realize you don't really know often when you were saved if you grew up in a Christian home. So I'm just very thankful that the Lord was very gracious to me and has saved me in spite of my sins of pride and things like that. So that's yeah, mine. mine. Real short. <laughs> okay. Luis?
1: Yeah, if hers was short, and you make it shorter. <laughs> uh, no, uh, Well, in my case, I was born and raised in Mexico City and as a traditional Catholic, and my parents uh, were saved uh, around when they were in their 40s. And uh, I was about 16 when I first heard the gospel, and I professed to be a believer, but I still loved my sin for a couple of years. I was like that between 16 and 18, and uh, the summer right before my, my last year of high school, uh, that's when uh, the Lord opened my understanding. That's when I really wanted to, uh, to study His Word. I noticed, started noticing a hunger for the Word, for being in church, for serving. After having been in two years, after two years of uh, professing Christ, but really being bored at the church and uh, longing to be in the world. and uh, So that's, uh, that's how uh, the Lord brought me to Himself. So, Great.
0: Um, Can you tell us how you met?
1: Sure. I'll (laughs) give you the the dry version, and then she'll color it.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we'll save the best for the last. Uh, We were at at the master's, uh, now university, in those days college. Uh, Robin was starting her first year. I was in my last year. I was part of the dinosaur class because I... I was already like 21 and I hadn't graduated and well actually 24. So I was a little behind there. Uh, But uh, I met her when uh, we met at the cafeteria at Masters and uh, and, uh, that's how I met her. I heard about her through my sister who uh, knew her roommate and uh, so that's how we met.
0: And your version Robin?
1: (laughs) That was pretty boring. I mean,
2: no, she'll fix it, in i here for you. <laughs> you add some more uh, spice. <laughs> well, his—I I really like Spanish in high school, and um, I came into the library where I got a job at the master's college. You know, the work study job. And his sister was working there, and I was so excited that a Mexican girl was working there who could—and I asked her if she would talk to me in, talk to me in Spanish. And and she and I don't know if we actually did all the time, <laughs> but so that's how. I maybe it was helpful that I wanted to speak Spanish and wanted to be fluent in Spanish. I think that might have contributed something. <laughs> and so that's how we met.
1: And, a, I think we're gonna get more juicy details.
0: Well, that was juicy. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, we will just do to. That, that,
0: that's fine. Um, Okay. Uh, Why did you choose to be involved in full time ministry?
1: Um, When, uh, probably about a year after the Lord saved me, um, I was, my desire to study the scriptures kept growing. And uh, once, in fact, uh, to the point that I was really neglecting my studies uh, in my first year of college. I just loved it, and I was in college, but every uh, opportunity I had to study, I took it, and so it just kept growing and growing uh, to the point that uh, I just wanted to uh, study the Word, to preach it, to serve the church, and not having, in those days, churches, uh, from what we knew, that taught the scriptures, I wanted to uh, do what I could to uh, help Mexico City have uh, strong churches, at least one strong church. And uh, so that's uh, why uh, I, I looked for a place where I could be trained. The Lord took me to Masters and uh, Masters College and Seminary. And then uh, uh, while I was at Grace, uh, uh, they're serving uh, with the Spanish ministry under Henry Tolopilo, and uh, uh, the seminary started here. I had the blessing of coming every summer uh, to translate for uh, professors from masters and pastors from Grace. And uh, while I had a great time at Grace and at the Spanish ministry, every summer that I came, I just kept thinking, boy, there's so much at Grace. There's so little here in Mexico and the desire kept growing and growing. and, uh, and, And so it got to the point where after I graduated, I, uh, just told Robin, you know, we need to go back, you know, a few, probably in the last few months before I graduated from seminary. We need to go back. We, we had the opportunity to stay there. Henry was very kind and there was still the opportunity to stay serving, uh, under him and all the people at the Spanish ministry whom we love. But, uh, just the, the desire kept growing. And I remember in one of those classes, uh, uh, I, uh, our pastor John uh, told us uh, at the seminary, he said if you love to preach you need to get a pulpit and I thought I love to preach I, I need to find a pulpit and then uh, uh, in those days Alex Montoya who's uh, retiring now from Master's Seminary uh, he used to preach and always trained men at the at Masters and I thought that's what I would love to do I would love to preach I would love to serve at church as part of the pastoral team but preaching primarily, and also training men, and so uh, knowing Mexico City, the background and the needs, and being at Grace, I thought I want to do what I can to uh, to uh, pass on the resources the Lord has entrusted at Grace, so that at least uh, whatever we can do here, uh, there can be a strong church, and men can be trained in ministry. And so, uh, and actually, there was a point in which uh, I thought we thought we were staying at Grace and, uh, you know, serving there with Henry. And I told Robin at one point, uh, you know what, I think we're going to stay here. And she was disappointed because she she wanted to go uh, to Mexico to serve, and I'll uh, later tell you why she had such a burden for Spanish-speaking people. You don't remember? Um. Let <laughs> <laughs> me remind her. You know, I usually forget a lot of stuff, but I remember this the reason why she was, uh, we were probably a year before we left to Mexico. Uh, I don't remember the timing, but probably two, one year I told her, I think uh, uh, we might be staying here We you know after graduation from Master's Seminary. But I told her and, uh, you know, we were all excited, grateful to the Lord for the opportunity. And then, uh, but she was disappointed because... Uh, in the Lord's providence, her grandfather was a missionary in Ecuador. And oh. originally she had uh she thought, you remember that? Uh,
2: well, I didn't teach <laughs> <a> teacher.
1: <laughs> yeah, she thought that if she didn't get married, she wanted to go to Ecuador yeah. to teach uh, a missionary. A missionary school. So she had a heart for Latin America, for Spanish-speaking people. And when I told her, I think we're staying in a in, uh, great she was a little sad, honestly, and and then, uh, you know, that didn't pressure me at that time from what I remember. I thought, you know, I think this is where the Lord wants us. You know, Henry's supporting. There's opportunities here. We love it. People are very kind, and uh, we're enjoying, etc. But then, uh, you know, with time, as the years went by, uh, probably was more a matter of years, I just kept coming back to Mexico City to translate, and I thought, boy, I need to be back. We, we, need, we need to be back. back. And so uh, I told Henry at one point. Uh, I remember Henry, I want to go back. And I remember he used to say, "Come on, you just settle down. You know, young youngling, kind of like young guy. You're too excited." And I told him a couple of times. And then I think around the second or third time, he said, "Okay, I think uh, I think you really want to go." On. And so uh, I uh, he he led me and said, "You need to make a proposal to the echo elders and." Uh, so that's uh, that's how the Lord brought
0: to Mexico City. Well, that is great. Um, so let's hear about your children. Tell us about Olivia, Rodrigo, and Ana Gabriela.
2: <laughs> well, Olivia is fourteen, and Rodrigo is thirteen, and Ana Gabriela is eleven right oh, now. Oh my gosh! Um, Olivia and Rodrigo were born in Glendale. We were in Mexico, but already when Rodrigo was born, um, the insurance hadn't kicked in. <laughs> so it was the, we had just left L.A., and I think there's a switch, you know, from grace to GMI. And so we came back, and um, he was born. Uh, both of them were born with Dr. Freelts, you know, that everybody loves. And Ana uh, Gabriela was our baby who was born here, so she's the third, the little one. They're all, um, the Lord's been very gracious to allow them to be in a, a school that is a Christian school that was started for missionaries. Um, it's a little ways away from the house, but the teachers are Christians, um, they're very sweet, very kind, small school, and they're involved, they have piano lessons, um, a lady from church gave us a piano, and, um... They're learning French because a girl from France came to our church to learn at the seminary here and got married to one of the young men in our church. <laughs> and so she's here now. So we're, that, they're busy with that. And they're, and the two oldest are in soccer because, you know, soccer's a very important sport here in Mexico. So they're doing soccer. So I, right now, feel like a chicken running around with its head cut off.
0: <laughs> we totally understand.
2: <laughs> they
0: Great. keep us busy. Great um, We're excited that Olivia was re- recently baptized So in what ways do you teach your kids From the Bible on a daily basis?
1: Um, one of the benefits of living in a large city With uh, so much traffic Is, uh, I know that might sound weird at the beginning But uh, we spend a lot of time in the car Just like many of you in LA we know But uh, we try to take advantage of that time by exposing them to scripture, to sermons. Uh, Usually every morning, uh, at least they listen to part of a sermon. In the morning is usually our pastor, or we switch back and forth, in the morning in English, in the evening, in the afternoon when we pick them up uh, a sermon in Spanish. So. We're constantly trying to expose them to the Word, and uh, also, uh, we also uh, are reading through a commentary by our pastor, Revelation right now, and uh, you know, some mornings doesn't happen, to be honest, so that all of you don't think that we're the super spiritual ones, Five in the morning reading, you know, for an hour to the kids. No, no, we don't do that. Sometimes we get pretty tired, and uh, we don't have to... Time for that, but we rest in the car in the sense that uh, we we know that they'll be exposed to the work. On the way back from school, since they have a lot going on in the afternoons to make the most out of the time, uh, we, Robin prepares lunch for them, so they're eating in the car. Now you're gonna think that our kids are really uh, deprived of a lot of stuff eating every day, weekdays, lunch in the car. But that's how we maximize time here. And while they're eating, for sure, you know, they can talk for at least 15 minutes. So we, we put a sermon there, you know, captive audience, you know, they, they can't say anything and they're, they're just hearing the word and uh, yeah, breakfast a little bit and uh, you know, that's probably in a systematic, formal way, uh, how we do it and of course when questions come up, we try to always bring them back to the word and uh, but that's how, how we do it, aside obviously from... Making sure they're at church on Sundays and Friday nights we have a Bible study. So that's that's how we're teaching them the scriptures.
0: Oh, that is great. Now how long does it take oh, go ahead?
1: Uh we we ask them to read every day at least uh we assign to them a uh, commentary by our pastor. <laughs> <laughs> so all of them have to read at least one page every morning on their own. So uh, you know, we uh we, we do what we can to to expose them.
0: Well, you certainly are. Now, what's the distance from school and home? How long
1: does it take? Uh, about 30, 40 minutes. It's uh, only 10 miles, but that's how long it takes, about 30 minutes. One, one direction? Yeah. yeah, one direction. Okay. Yeah. So
2: if Luis is on a trip, you all can pray for me. I'm usually in the car about five hours a day when he is gone. Oh. A lot. <laughs> so we, we we managed to get a few uh, worship CDs in there and some sermons and, and then let them listen to some music they want and, and talk. You know, they're just, in the car, you can't do anything, really. And so they you really have lots of time to talk. It's actually turned into, I mean, I, at first you think what a terrible circumstance. And we're very blessed because most people don't have a vehicle and they would have to go in public transportation, so... I mean, I'm very thankful that we have the blessings that we do and that we can listen to that. You wouldn't think at the beginning, oh, my goodness, I'm going to be spending four or five hours driving every day. I didn't think that would be a blessing, but the Lord has been very gracious. And with the blessings of um, the Grace to You app or the Gracias a Vosotros app, I mean, that's just been huge. So that I can pause a sermon instead of having to listen to the introduction five times (laughs) and try to find where I was in the sermon. So those things have been a blessing for us, and um, like they they were able to go to the summer camp in the summer, and Olivia and Rodrigo, they really loved it. Olivia was so excited, but they had a great time. So they liked Austin Duncan's preaching, you know, he's funny, so <laughs> that's been a blessing.
0: Great. I gather they don't have cell phones. Your
2: well, children. they do,
0: actually. They do, <laughs> yeah,
1: they do, is it? But, uh, yeah, yeah, they do, they don't use them much but they, well, they use them mostly for social, you know, networking. But we, during the week, on purpose, uh, we, they're so busy, you know, we try to keep them busy during weekdays that they just don't have a lot of time. And when they have time, we, we are, we're restricted, you know, we tell them, you know, literally with a stopwatch only, let's say, an hour, uh, Saturday or on a Saturday. And so we just try to keep them busy and, you know, try to monitor that uh, carefully.
0: They've been pretty busy. They don't really have time during the week. Well, that is great. Now, how many years have you been there in Mexico?
1: Fourteen. It's going to be our 15th year this coming August. Fourteen years.
0: Yeah. Okay, we know that most Mexicans are Catholic and people um, are the people open to hearing the gospel.
1: They are, uh, in general, uh, at least uh, the initial approach. Uh, uh, it, it depends on the setting. Generally speaking, yes. Uh, there's a high premium here placed on on politeness, on social graces. So just out of courtesy, uh, they hear you, unless uh, you have find someone who's really hostile. I mean. They 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 might stop you or just you know walk away on you, but generally speaking, yeah, uh, I think the key is the right setting, uh, because of the issue of safety here and crime uh, in a large city. Uh, as you might imagine, people don't trust uh, everyone like at the at the outset. Uh, you someone starts to be friendly to you in the grocery store or wherever you are in public. And you immediately are thinking, this guy, who is he with? Why is he doing this? Is there, you know, you're always guarding your shoulder. Uh, what's going on here? You know, immediately on the defensive. So uh, that's hard in a sense, but, uh, you know, there's opportunities, uh, mostly w- relationships uh, through long-term relationships, uh, maybe a neighbor or even a funeral, wedding, you know, uh, things like that. I don't know if you want to add something to that from your experience. But you can tell them about our neighbors. They invited you, they never had you right, but they're nice. So.
0: <laughs> you can tell us.
2: <laughs> well, what they have on the 6th of January is the King's Day, like the three kings.
1: The Magi, yeah. The Magi, Magi. Yeah.
2: So... Luis was at the semin- in LA taking a class for one of the classes he was at, so they were, they must have felt bad for us, being me being alone on the sixth of January.
1: So this is our neighbors. Uh, we live in a in a, in an a apartment building, building. An apartment complex, so our, our next door neighbors. So yeah, right over there. There's here. two apartments per floor, so they're right next to us.
2: And their daughter, their their daughter is about the same age as i in Gabriela, so they were like, come over and let's have the bread, the special bread for um. And so for the King's Day, and we went over, and they kept saying, I would say, oh, you know, it's like 10 o'clock, I should probably leave now. And they'd be like, oh, no, stay. And I thought, oh, man, I wish Luis was here. I don't know what to do. So I would stay a little longer. And then they said, oh, it's like 10.30. Oh, just stay. And I was like, was oh, it's no. 10.30 by night, by the way. 10.30 the
1: morning.
2: And then it was 11.00, and then it was 11.30, and then it was 12.00. and. And I thought, oh, you know, I really think I'm going to have to just be rude and leave because they kept saying, please stay, please stay. And they're just, that's, but that's what Mexicans do. It's rude to say, please leave. And so I just kept staying. And and so we ended up talking a very long time, and I ended up having the opportunity to give them the gospel. Well, they asked, right?
1: Well, the husband husband had
2: some questions about, you know, people ask, why are you here? You know, and what's the difference between Catholics and Christians? And so I... Went for it and that's the last time that I've ever been. <laughs> And 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 just challenging what his authority was that it needed to be scripture, not the Catholic Church and he was very polite, like a good Mexican and that's the last time that I went to their
1: house. Well, but you know, we at least we, you know, we have a kind uh, relationship. Really good relationship with them. Yeah. Hi. Hello. And we we are parking our parking spots are right next to each other, and uh, you know, I think the wife has for she has been locked out of her house several times, and she knocks and,
2: and she goes through my window to get to her house. <laughs> <laughs> so, so. so that
1: keeps the bond strong. <laughs>
2: If you, if you do think of them, you could pray for our neighbors. Yeah. They always are a burden for them. And what are their names? Um, she's Gabriela, and I never remember her name. Alvaro.
1: She's not around in my ears. Yeah, they're,
0: oh, they're next door. Okay. Are there many evangelical churches in Mexico City?
1: Yeah, there are, Linda, many. There's a lot of people here, and everything's proportional. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're over 20, 25 million in the city, in the metropolitan area. Uh, the more we're here, the more we hear about churches. So there's a lot. For the most part, uh, just a handful proportionally uh, preach the word, are committed to the scriptures. You know, like in LA and across the world in general. Most
2: them, If you do see evangelicals, Normally,
1: it's charismatic, or you know, very light. Uh, you know, maybe there's Baptists, uh, but not. You know, they don't. They're not committed to the serious study, careful study, and explanation and application of the Word of God.
0: Okay. In um, what year did you begin your ministry?
1: Two thousand and two. Great.
0: Now, um, how did your church, Grace Christian Church, get started?
1: It was started in the eighties. Actually, this church, uh, like let's say the the nucleus, the the the, the, the beginning group, uh, has been around probably for about thirty years. Non denominational. It was started by a by a man who. Uh, Actually, we later found out uh, by the from the leaders who were close to him. this was a man who used to uh, take uh, our pastor's sermons and since in those days, there was not a lot of material available in Spanish uh, written or you know, like today, translations from our pastor sermons. He uh, knew English, so He just uh, got a hold of uh, our pastor's uh, materials and translated them and gave them uh, kind of uh, his own twist there and just preached them.
2: But he didn't give any credit for
1: that. Yeah. So uh, at least you know people heard some of the truth. There were some loopholes in his in his understanding of Scripture, but I think many people uh, many people were exposed to the Word through that. He established this church the church went through many several divisions throughout the years and then uh, the last pastor who was there there were three elders and uh, the three were coming kept coming back to shepherds conferences and through the influence of the shepherds conference and the seminary that was just starting uh, the pastor retired and the, other, the two other elders asked me to come to a uh, to be there as uh, as a pastor and to serve along with them, and that's how we we became part of the church.
0: Great. Now, what type of ministries are you involved in in the church?
1: <laughs>
2: well, um, I've always helped out with the nursery because when we got there, there was there were my children and like one other baby, <laughs> so I pretty much was the nursery, then they didn't have a nursery, so when we got there, there would be a child just like crying or running around, and so at the beginning, I would walk around with my stroller outside the the room that they were having the sermon in, and as time has gone by, I've always been involved in the nursery pretty much, and so we have now, at this point, we have normally about 9 to 12 babies every Sunday, kind of depends on, on the weather and you know if the moms feel courageous enough to come to church in the morning. And we have groups of women who help out with that. So that's been a huge blessing to see that grow. Um, I help out in the women's ministry where we'll have like an event every year. So you just want to always help there, with whatever, whatever it is that's needed. And um, what I really enjoy probably the most would be our young moms or young women's discipleship group, young wives. We meet every two weeks during the school year and at another pastor's wife's house because she has a little more room, and we have some ladies who help us take care of the babies. And it's normally the only Bible study that, that the young moms can come to with their baby because they can't come with the baby to any other Bible study unless they can keep their child quiet. So that's been exciting. We'll have, like, about 20 women who come. And it's not just moms; it could be any woman who want to. But we've been looking at biblical womanhood, so we've each been preparing the different pastors' wives um, prepare something to teach. And we're on we're on Periscope if you guys know about that app, which is like live or whatever,
1: and it records
2: us. And so that's been a ministry. And there's some ladies. I mean, even in Spain and in Hawaii, and um, who are watching. So, and in different parts of Mexico, women who've left our church because, say their husband got a job somewhere else, and they're watching. So that's been exciting to see that ministry, which is important, little ties to, you know. So that's what I do in the seminary. I will, I'm not as much involved in there because we don't have any women's groups there. But every every year we'll have a dinner with the wives of the different professors, so always kind of kind of keeping that relationship going. And if Luis needs to counsel a woman who needs counsel alone, um, I will will usually have them come over or meet them in a restaurant, and and I'm usually there just to to accompany him so that he doesn't have to counsel the woman alone. So that takes up time too.
0: <laughs> or premarital, no, that happens. Right, Okay, great. Uh, tell us about the Louise. Tell us about the Word of Grace Biblical Seminary.
1: Yeah, uh, that was uh, established. Uh, it's been around for 18 years now. We're very grateful to the Lord for that. And at the beginning, as I mentioned uh, a little, a few minutes ago, uh, pastors from Grace and professors from the seminary used to come and teach. And then Grace sent missionaries here and uh, the Lord uh, continues to give us opportunities uh, in His grace. Uh, Mormon keep being trained, and uh, extensions are being established. Mormon have been added to the faculty. This is a program of uh, three levels, two years each. Uh, primarily, most of the students are pastors or church leaders who uh, work, so uh, we meet... Uh, for every class, at least two nights per week, 7 to 10 p.m. And uh, the first two years are Bible and theology. It's more like an institute level, and ladies are allowed to come. That's what you heard a little bit ago that Ronnie mentioned uh, a gal from France who came. So they can, uh, it's kind of like a logos Bible institute, uh, praise. So they can have a uh, theology and, uh, and uh, survey, Bible survey so they can be better equipped to minister in in women's ministries, such as teaching kids or other women. And then the men who graduate from those first two years move on to the next to the next level, which is a certificate in expository preaching. Mm -hmm. And then those who finish move on to the uh, next level, which is biblical languages. So that's what we do. And uh, we're very very, uh, excited, grateful to the Lord because, uh, all of the profs uh, are either pastors or serving a pastoral function. So that's uh, very important to help the men uh, to provide not only uh, an academic basis, an academic base which is uh, foundational, but also a pastoral perspective as they're being trained.
0: Well, and,
1: uh, I should add something encouraging too. Sorry, sorry. Then. Uh, most of our textbooks are used by masters, or uh, professors who have taught at Master's or, or uh, so that, that's important because our doctrinal statement is the same at master Seminary. There's a, there's a great unity uh, uh, that uh, pivots around the Word of God and a commitment and love and respect to towards grace and master Seminary and uh, it's a blessing to see that unity among the men. That is really, a, it's been wonderful.
0: Well, that is great. Now, how many students um, are currently enrolled?
1: A hundred in the place where we meet—the headquarters—and there's others in different extensions.
0: Great. Um, is there are there any graduates there that are, that are doing exceptionally well that you would like to tell us about?
1: Yeah, I think one uh, comes to mind. Uh, there's several, but uh, one of the latest ones. Uh, uh, our oldest graduate his name is Fernando Mayen he uh, his story is unique I'll summarize it he's the oldest record age of 78 years old he graduated from the first level he's going to the next level uh, the way Fernando came to the seminary was uh, through his brother his brother uh, one morning uh, this, I'm, not, I'm not I'm not making it up his morning one uh, <laughs> Was uh, just uh, woke up. Uh, well, had his alarm clock right next to his bed, and the alarm clock somehow uh, went off, and he knocked it down of the of the side bed side table, and, and uh, when it fell on the on the floor, it it immediately uh, turned on turned on the radio, and at that point uh, there was Gracias a vosotros. In those days, Henry was preaching. He used to be, you, you know adapting and preaching John's sermons in Spanish. So he he immediately started to hear, and then he told his brother, Fernando, and then he started listening. Our pastor came to Mexico City a couple of times, and Fernando heard of him. He came, he listened to him. He received a free copy of a commentary. He started eating it up because he used to be a Pentecostal, and uh, he just loved it, got a hold of the MacArthur Study Bible, And through that, he just tracked us down and found the church, came to the church. And uh, he, uh, through the church, uh, through the Grace Christian Church where we are, uh, the church that he's pastoring was established because uh, uh, this church was established because uh, the group uh, that became uh, the basis of that church were a Pentecostal church. And the pastor used to invite Fernando to come teach to them. And uh, at one point, the pastor left for a vacation. Uh, Fernando came and kept going. kept going, And after a few weeks, the people of the church, this is unique, told the pastor, you know what, we don't want your teaching anymore. We want Fernando to teach us. Because he teaches us the Bible. You don't teach us the Bible. He was very careful. And this man is very pastoral. don't think that he was a revolutionary or anything. It's just uh, people really love the word. And then from there... Uh, uh, he was uh, sent out from the church to become the pastor, and uh, he's at the seminary, and uh, he just uh, loves and uh, respects, uh, uh, you know, the, all the, the ministry of grace and, and all that the Lord has done through them. and he keeps studying, and uh, it's very encouraging. He's, he's had a couple of health issues, and uh, he's 78 years old. He keeps studying, and uh, it's just, you know, it's an inspiration to see this man.
0: that is great Um, how has living in Mexico and serving the Lord affected you and your children (laughs) wow I don't don't even know
2: how I could it's just probably everything no Um, you know sometimes you don't know if, if, if you would have been you would see the same trial if you were in the United States or something but there's something about living in a place that um, is not convenient all the time that, that I, at least for me, I've, I pray a lot more than I did before. Um, I think that I, there's so many people, and you see uh, a lot of places where there's um, little shrines to the Virgin, Mary that people worship and and you see it so often and it really just burdens your heart constantly for the the lost, you know? And you see so many people and just pray for them because if someone doesn't tell them how to be saved, they won't they won't know, no? And so I think that, uh, that affects me a lot. Um, I try to tell the children um, that we're here because because so many people need to hear how they can be saved and that they can't be saved because they're good or because they do good things, you know? And that's what I think uh, the longer you're here, the more you realize that the Catholic religion is so um, self-deceiving for people because it tells them that, that they're good enough to, to heaven. Just today, a, a young lady who I saw in the morning said that her husband has been coming to church and that he has a hard time thinking that God would be so unkind to send people to hell. He just, it's just, people just don't think that they're that bad, you know? And he's quite um, from a Catholic background, and I guess Louis said something in a sermon a few weeks ago that he wasn't quite on the same page with. So I think that it's a very deceptive religion because it tells people that you can um, you can do enough things to get into heaven, and that's not true. And and so I would hope that the children would would see that, and that the Lord would use that in their lives to give them a burden too. We pray for
0: that, you know. That that's what they would want to serve the Lord. No. So. Great, thank you. Uh, we're getting close to time of ending, but right now, one last question: How is your financial support?
1: Uh, we're doing well. Praise the Lord. Uh, the Lord, uh, you know, provides uh, more than we need. We're very grateful to the Lord for that, and uh, yeah.
0: Great. Now, how can we pray for you personally? (laughs) Well,
2: I always would appreciate your prayers for our children. Olivia, it seems we think she's probably saved. She's um, really changed significantly in the last few months, even last year. Um, So if you could pray for her sanctification, that the Lord would help her to love him. And for the other two, for their salvation and, and same, no? Um, obviously for holiness and for strength and for discipline, because uh, especially as a mom of teenagers, I feel like I'm burning the candle at both ends. and <laughs> you know. um, For holiness, no? That's what I would ask for a prayer for. For me and for the children, obviously for my husband, for, for us to be obedient to Scripture.
1: Yeah, and I would add just uh, uh, for the Lord to keep uh, uh, giving wisdom to the pastors at the church, the professors at the seminary,
2: mm-hmm.
1: for him to keep using his word uh, in the lives of the students at church so that we all, uh, we all understand it and submit to it know no, that sounds basic, but you know, as you know, that's the basis of everything.
0: Great. Well, I will go ahead and pray for us. Thank you so much for taking the time. It was good to know you a little bit better and to see you, you and say hello to your children for us and just, um, just thank you for your ministry that you've done.
1: So thank I, you, Linda, and all of you ladies for your time. We appreciate your interest and your prayers. And any way we can serve any of you, please let us know.
0: Thank you. Um, I will close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come, for it, just come before you, Lord, and just thank you, Lord. We lift up Luis and Robin, Lord, of just their ministry and their love for the people in Mexico, and just put your hand upon them, Lord. Lift them up regarding their concerns uh, for the wisdom to the pastors at the church and the seminary, just to teach the gospel, teach truth, teach your word, and the people there that are, that are there, that are saved or not saved, that their hearts will be open, and their minds to know the truth that it's not by works, Lord, it's just by your grace through the Holy Spirit. We lift up the, the neighbors, their next door neighbors of um, opportunity of just sharing the gospel and just to see their life through them, Lord, and just to be an example, and just to know that there, there's something that they want, Lord, and that is you. Lord, lift the safe travels for for Robin as she. Um, Travels back and forth with their children, Lord. Then again, an opportunity to them to just hear the gospel and the word and just time in the car of just hearing um, all about you, Lord. Protect them of their drive. drive, And I'm sure that the travels are crazy through the roads and the the traffic and all this. And just put your hand upon the safety. Lift up for uh, Olivia as her baptism that she grows to be sanctified. And just grow in you, Lord, and the trials you put in her life and the blessings you put in her life, that she would see that your hand is upon her and that you just bless her, Lord. Lift up um, Ana Gabriela and Rodrigo just for their salvation and for their holiness and their strength in you, Lord, and that they can see what's going on in the world, that this world has nothing to offer but through you, Lord. If, just to see through your eyes, Lord, and not their own of this world, and just to strengthen them, Lord, and lift up a, of uh, Robin and Louise as they guide their children and their teenagers, as they come along to coach them and teach them and come alongside them that a the time to let go, to see that they've done their time and for them to grow up to be fine young men and women, Lord, that you will bless each one of them. We just come before you, Lord, and lift up all these ladies here as we... Just grow to love you each time, Lord. Each one of us leave today to share with Christ someone they, that they don't know, Lord, of of who you are, Lord. Thank you for this time. Thank you for the ladies here. Thank you for Louise and Robin. Thank you for the children. And just thank you for all you've provided for us. It's just the love you have for you, Lord. For us is your holy, precious name. Amen. Mm-hmm. It was good seeing you. Thank you.
1: Thank you. We're
0: going to pan around so you can see the ladies.
1: Thank you, lady. Thank you. Thanks. The only thing we missed was all the things you were eating, but. We owe you some tacos, too. There you go. <laughs> thank,
0: so you. Bye. Bye. Uh, thank you.
1: Lady. Bye bye. Bye Thank you, Dave. Bye.